to the Indian Creek Baptist Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Our website is www.indiancreekbaptistchurch.org or our email address is info at indiancreekbaptistchurch.org. It is our sincere hope that through this podcast, God will speak to your heart and touch your life so that you may grow closer to him. Last week, uh, we were introduced to Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Christ received the news that Lazarus was sick, and he chose to wait uh, another two days uh, before he responded to this urgent call for help. Um, As I was thinking about this, I wanted to remind everybody that Christ didn't choose to wait because... Excuse me, because he didn't want to go. He chose to wait because it was the needful thing for him to do. Today we're going to pick back up. We're going to start over in John chapter 11, verse number 1, and read the beginning of the story. But we're going to pick back up where we left off last week. And we're going to see some more teaching from the Lord as he's tarrying and waiting to head to Bethany with his disciples. So John chapter 11, verse number 1, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Then Jesus, when Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that he saith to his disciples, or saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again. Jesus answered, Are there not... Twelve hours in the day. If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking of rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Let's pray. Father God, I do pray that you would guide us and direct us. I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight. I pray that you would reveal in us this truth. Show us your love and your mercy and your grace. Teach us this parable that Jesus spoke to his disciples. and Teach us, Lord, what you would from this passage. So God, please speak to our hearts tonight. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a reminder of where we're at. Uh, Jesus has just gotten done teaching in the temple. Uh, He told the Jews and the uh, Pharisees in the temple that he was going, that he had the power to give up his life and then to take it up again. And they wanted to stone him because he claimed to be the Son of God. 
These are very true sayings that he is, in fact, the Son of God, but they want to stone him because they believe he's a hypocrite. After this, he left. He didn't flee. He, on his own, left and went across, back across the Jordan River to where John the Baptist was baptizing originally. And while he was there, many believed on him because the words that John had taught about him were true. Not because he did any miracles, not because they saw any great things, just because everything that John, who they deemed as a prophet, had said was, seen, was found to be true. And now, while he's there, uh, he gets this information that Lazarus is sick. So finally, now after two days, they're going to return to Judea. Christ informs his disciples that it's time to go. And the disciples are a little confused as they just fled from there. Due to the fact that the Jews wanted to stone Christ. They also didn't understand that the urgency of this need since Christ had tarried for two days when he got the news. How often does God lay something something on our heart and rather than say, yes, Lord, we say, but Lord. These disciples here have already watched Christ calm the storms. They've watched him walk on water. Peter has even walked on water with him. They've seen him heal the blind and escape stoning several times. They've heard him teach and are following him mostly in obedience, yet they're still not fully convinced of who he is. On top of all these things, God has done countless miracles in each of their lives. And yet, they're not fully convinced. For us today, we've seen all these things. Just in this brief study that we've gone, we've been doing since uh, last year, we've seen God work all these miracles. Many of us have read the book. But as we talked about this morning, God has finished the book. He's told us how everything is going to end. We know who wins. And yet, we still say, but Lord. We looked this morning at Mary, the mother of Christ, who said, Lord, here is your handmaid. Do with me as you see fit. We saw Joseph, a man who was willing to love and care for a child that wasn't his, who was willing to take a wife uh, that would be seen as being a wife out of whoredoms. He was willing to do whatever God needed him to do. The Lord has done all these things, so why do we question him now? As the disciples question Christ, he begins to explain he gives them an answer, but a very odd answer. He says, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If a man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light. The, the disciples wonder, Lord, are they they're trying to kill you? And the Lord says, But there's twelve hours in the day, so walk in the day and don't stumble. How does this make sense? Christ is not just speaking of working during the daytime hours when there's ample light. Christ is telling them to walk in the light. If we go back to John 8. 
John chapter 8 and verse number 12. Then Jesus spake again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John chapter 9 and verse number 5. The Bible says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Christ is telling them to walk in Him, to live their faith. He's already told them, I am the light of the world. Now he's saying, walk in the light. If you walk in me, you will not stumble. If you believe me and follow me, you will not fail. That's a truth that we need to grab onto today. So many times, even this last week, I have stumbled and fallen. Trying to live a life as we... Sat this afternoon and and met with uh, the kids' grandma Kim, my first wife's stepmom. Uh, such a blessing to talk to them. We haven't talked to them in a while, but she was trying to figure out how we do everything that we do. She didn't ask whether we did it all well, because guaranteed we don't. And the reason we don't do it all well is because we do it on our own power. We do it in our own might. As I stand here tonight, I am still in awe that God has called me to be a pastor. That he's laid that burden on my heart. That he's trusted me with that. Because what I see in me is not a person that's worthy of that trust. And I know that if I do this in my own power, I will fail. It is only if we're walking in Christ, that we can succeed. It's only if we're walking in Him that we can be the light of the world that He's asked us to be. As we come on this Christmas season and think about all the family that we're going to see over the next weeks and all the people that we're going to interact with, many, many, I would believe, are lost. I know in my family the vast majority are lost. I can't witness to all of them in my own power. It will do no good. I have to live and walk with Christ so that He shines through me and that's all they see. Christ continues to say, But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there's no light in him. Notice the change. As He says, There are yet twelve hours in the day Excuse me. He said, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. And then as he turns and says, But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. There is no light in us, naturally. We've learned this morning and over and over again that because of Adam and Eve's sin in the garden because we were all children of Adam. We are born with a sin nature and that light is out of us. It's gone. Christ is reminding them of their sinful state. 
The Bible tells us there is none good, no, not one. But He's also giving them a prophecy here. This is a prophecy of the time when the rapture has taken place and the tribulation period starts. When the light of the world is removed because the believers are taken away and the Holy Ghost that indwells them is gone, at that time it will be impossible to walk in the light because there will be no light. Praise the Lord that we have the end of the story and we know that one day after all of that has taken place, after the the rapture of the church and the the tribulation period and the millennial reign and when the, the devil is finally defeated and death and hell is thrown into the lake of fire, we will walk in a new heaven and a new earth with Christ himself where there's no need for light because the light of the world is there always. There's no darkness. There's no sorrow. There's no pain. He's telling his disciples, don't walk in the night. Don't walk in the old man. As he finishes this teaching, he tells them that Lazarus is sleeping. Verse number 11, These things said he, and after that saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of sleep. Now, I don't know about you, but I love a Sunday afternoon nap. I got a very short one today. But when I'm sick, when, I, when, I, when I'm worn out, I just want to sleep. My granddad, as we went and visited him this afternoon, the reason that he is the way he is right now is because his body is fighting off a massive infection. It's fighting the Parkinson's and the Alzheimer's. It's trying to do everything it can to get back to where it needs to be. And it's draining him. He's tired. Normally, sleep is good. We've been trying to help Josiah. He's been coughing and hacking for the last couple of days. So we've been trying to help him make sure that he's drinking plenty of water and getting a good night's rest so that he can kick all of that and get back to being the normal, obnoxious, mile-a-minute talking young man that he is. (laughs) I do love you, Josiah. But the remedy is sleep. And the disciples, as Christ says that Lazarus is sleeping, they, they think that he's doing well. They said, Lord, if he sleepeth, he shall do well. He'll recover. They don't understand that Christ is telling them that he's dead. I'm sure they didn't understand all the intricacies of medical science that is that medical science has revealed to us in these recent years that but they understood that if he was sick and he is resting rest is good. And now Christ is telling them that, he, that telling them that he's going to go wake them up and I, they want him to let the man rest. But Christ reveals that he's not sleeping, he's dead. He plainly reveals to the disciples that Lazarus is dead. 
And because of their lack of enlightenment, Thomas pro- proclaims, let us go that we may die with him also. They know and understand that Christ is wanting to go back to Judea where the Jews had been wanting to stone him up to this point. They've already tried to kill him several times. And now he wants to go and visit Lazarus who is dead. And they've watched Christ do all these things. Even though Christ has just told them that he's going to go wake Lazarus up. They don't get it. They said, well, let's go so we can die too. Now this reminds me a little bit of Esther. Esther, we've been going through, we've been off for the last couple of weeks, but we've been going through the book of Esther and we just finished up with Esther saying, pray and fast for me and I'm going to go in under the king and if I perish, I perish. She's finally come to the point where by faith she's going to go and do what Mordecai has asked her to do, what God needs her to do in order for her people to be saved and she's going to just let whatever happens, happens. Mary and Joseph are in the same state that we talked about this morning. They're willing to just go and do whatever God wants them to do. And whatever happens, happens. And I believe that this is a little bit of where Thomas is too. But they don't understand that Christ is going to do something tremendous. They missed the part where Jesus said he was going to wake up Lazarus. He told them exactly what he was going to do and he missed it. They missed it. God has told us exactly what he's going to do. He's laid it out plain. I was thinking as we've had some issues with vehicles the last couple of days and Rachel on her deer hunting trip and all those things. As we used to travel, I was cleaning out my grandpa's truck and found maps after maps after maps. And talking to my mom, she went and made a trip to go buy something off of Facebook and got lost and ended up way over in western Iowa. And uh, because she didn't follow her map. Generally, when you planned a trip... 30 years ago, you got out a map and you looked at where you wanted to start and where you wanted to go and you planned out all the roads, the routes that you were going to take. Some of you even had to write it down. Write down the exit numbers. Write down the places where you wanted to turn off. And you followed that. You knew the beginning and the end. You didn't maybe know exactly what was going to happen in the middle. That's part of the fun. Rachel, when she left work the other day, she knew she was going to leave work and she was headed home. She didn't know that deer was going to run out in front of her on the way home. She didn't know that she was going to have to backtrack a little bit and calm her nerves. And But she knew where she needed to end up. We know where we're going to end up. We need to just walk in the light. We need to be willing to follow Christ wherever he leads in whatever he leads us into knowing that we will not leave this earth until God is good and ready for us to leave this earth. As I talked to 
Grandma Kim today, I was remembering my first wife. I remember the the years that we were married. I remember the different places that God took us. I remember the nursing home over in Ames, or the hospice house, listening to her breathe that last night. And as I went and visited Grandpa this afternoon, <clears throat> I saw a lot in him that I remember dealing with in her. She was there, but she wasn't there. And I was just praying for him that, that whatever needed to happen, God would do. I remember praying for two years that God would miraculously heal my wife, that he would just... We would go and the cancer would just be gone. That she could proclaim that miraculous healing to the world and we would see many saved through it. I prayed that night as I listened to her breathe her last breath and thanked God that he had finally healed her. He didn't heal her in the way that I had asked him to do, but he healed her completely. And I know for a fact that more have heard the gospel because of her death than would have ever heard it because of the miracle of him healing her. Christ is getting ready to go and do something miraculous. And he tells his disciples that he's glad for their sakes that Lazarus is dead and that he was not there to heal him so that they might believe. He's done all of this so that his disciples can be strengthened, so they can believe, so that when it comes time for the cross of Calvary, when he dies on that cross, they can believe that he will rise again. He's done all of this for you and I so that we can believe that he has risen again. He had just finished teaching in the temple that he had the power to lay down his life and to take it up again. That he had power over death. Now he's going to prove it. But even this sight will not cement his power in the disciples' faith. What's it going to take? We know the end of the book. We know the end of the story. We know that Lazarus walks out of that tomb. We know that Christ had to call him by name because if he didn't, the whole tomb would have emptied. We know that Christ went to the cross and that he rose again and that he ascended to heaven and that he's coming back for you and I. Let's walk in the light. Let's walk in the light today so that we don't fall, so that we don't stumble. We have no light in us. Just as the moon doesn't have any light of itself, it only reflects the light from the sun. 
we need to be that light, that reflection, that mirror, that window. These massive windows were so that people could see inside and see what was in here at one time. Let's reflect that light. This week as we gear up for Christmas, we're a week away, eight days. Eight days till the time when we celebrate Christmas. The world celebrates Christmas. Not just Christians, but the whole world. They all know something is special about this time. They all believe in a man that can see and know everything, that can be everywhere in the world in one night. Let's show them the truth. Let's show them Christ.